Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new show, Skip Snooze. My name is Grant Vandervoort. I'm Jane Simmons. And this is our brand new podcast. So Yay. welcome. Yeah, I know. I'm super duper excited. Um, back on the back on the podcast grind again. Um, but Jane and I, um, well, tell us, tell the audience a little bit about us, Jane. Well, um, let's see. We met many years ago, but we've been dating for two and, and a half years. Almost three years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. We're, a, we're a young couple. A young couple just moved to New York City. Oh my gosh, the bright lights. Yes. <laughs> the Big Apple. Jane has been living here for um, like six about months? six months. Yeah. yeah, about six months. And I just got here a week uh, ago. A week ago, yeah. This is I just completed my first week in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I have visited New York before, obviously, so I kind of know my way around it, but. I'm slowly becoming an expert, um, and it feels really good. By kind of knows his way around it, he means that yesterday he went on the downtown track to go uptown. <laughs> we don't talk about that, so um, I'm going to edit that out. No, I'm totally kidding. But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's been an adventure, and it's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've we are a very creative couple, and we've kind of wanted to put our uh, creative geniuses together because Jane has a fantastic YouTube channel, and I had. Um, I had a podcast in the past. Yeah, no. Called Yeah, no, and it did really well. It was a great. Uh, it was a great podcast. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um, I had so much fun, but I learned a lot with it, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like that stepping stone to something bigger. Because again, it was. I'll always remember that podcast because it was like a time in my life where I was like very alone. Because I was, mm-hmm. I lived away from Jane. I mean, we've done long distance for like the majority for of our year, relationship. Yeah, about a year and a half. Um, and. I had just graduated college, so it was kind of like this new beginning podcast, and that's kind of what I wanted to make it about, but mm-hmm. I took what I learned from that podcast, and Jane has learned so much from like marketing and YouTube and video creating. And well, we and that's, that's why I started my YouTube channel in the first place, yeah. exactly, because that's where thing. you were. Yeah, yeah, I was in Florida and like alone on the verge and, of depression yeah. and like very much alone. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. um, we kind of came together, and we were like, bae, let's figure something out bae. that's dope. <laughs> we got <laughs> We kind of were like, let's make a podcast because I have all this awesome equipment mm-hmm. and, you know, we're in the heart of New York City. I mean, we live in Manhattan um, and we're both kind of fitness gurus. She way more than I because, well, Jane is actually a personal trainer. So yeah. tell them a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So I'm a personal trainer at Equinox in New York City. It's my first personal training job that I've ever had, but I love it there. Um, a beautiful gym. It's a beautiful oh gym. My God. Yeah. Um, the company is really big on education. I like to say that they hire more based on personality than experience because their education um, that they have there, like we take classes. Well, I just finished up my classes, but for three months, I took class every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and it's really great. I mean, you learn from tier X instructors. So they have like a tier system. Tier X is the highest. And you learn. So from they're like specialists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like most of them have either went to school, have a degree, or they have multiple certifications. Uh, a lot of them have been with Equinox for five plus years. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. One of the guys we had was also a massage therapist. So they're, they're really cool. And um, everybody pretty much has like a specialty. So they come in and we just 
uh, like you went through NASM, which is the certification that we did. It's yeah. like re-going through NASM, but you have someone there in front of you talking to you. Um, so you can like ask questions and stuff and then learn with other people. It's like going to school for exercise. Science. Right, exactly. And it's, it's that, that's what I admire so much about that. And mm-hmm. you know, what you do is like, you're constantly growing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's only our first one. Cause right. I still have all the other tier levels. Plus like, like later today I'm going to a seminar for cardio. Yeah. And that's so, so they're, cool. they're really big on education, which, I um, love. but yeah, her and I are both certified personal trainers. She's just practicing it professionally and I mm-hmm. am not right now. Um, but we're kind of like, well, not kind of, we are pretty much a very fitness lifestyle oriented couple. We go to the gym regularly. We practice a very healthy diet And we kind of wanted to create this podcast to kind of shed some light and kind of help our listeners get through the day and kind of get up and get after it every day because it's very, very easy to kind of put your goals aside and kind of fall victim to pushing the snooze button, I should Mm -hmm. say, or (laughs) kind of like it's it's just hard to get up and get after it. And we are... You know, I'm 23, she's 24, so we're 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 young couple that are kind of figuring out our way through life, but also like through us figuring it out, you know, hopefully you listeners can learn from what we do and kind of take some stuff and apply it to your life. And we would love to hear back from you on social media um when when this all drops. So we're kind of we should start a separate Instagram. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure we will. Okay. Um because I want to hear we we both want to so hear like, from So like follow us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, plug their Instagram, uh Twitter maybe. I don't know. I don't like really tweet that much, but tweet. Yeah. Well, let's start with Instagram first. <laughs> we'll see um But yeah, let's I just really, you know, Jane and I want to create this community together mm-hmm. and uh grow together um in life because I mean it's 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 getting tough, but you know, we're going to get through it one way or another. So today's show, Jane, tell us about today's I was about episode. To say, this is my episode. I'm in charge today. Yes, she is. <laughs> um, so overall, we want to have a lot of different guests on the show and be talking, but we decided that we'd start off just by talking to each other. So I'm putting Grant in the spotlight today. Hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> so I've put together some questions, some topics that I want to talk about, and we're just going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Kind of our, you know, little, little our little personal sesh. Yeah. Um, okay, so I would just want to start by like saying congratulations, your first week in New York. Oh, thank you. Yeah. How was your first week? Just talk a little bit about it. My first week, it was, so, you know, you kind of, through life, um, you, you kind of think like <laughs> stuff's going to go one way and it just totally doesn't go that way. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought when I first moved here. I was like, oh man, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And it's been great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had a blast. I had a great first week, but it was just nothing like I thought it was. You know, I applied for a bunch of different jobs cause I'm an actor and I want to, um, work in restaurants cause I can, uh, bartend and serve to make that like fast money so I can keep going to auditions. So I applied to like a bunch of restaurants and, um, one of my goals for the first week was to get a job and ta-da, I got a job. So that was great. Um, my first day was yesterday and I have, uh, my first training shift tomorrow. So that, that in and of itself was a very, you know, a great blessing for me because it was, it's stressful when you have a bank account mm-hmm. and there is money in there. And then every day you wake up and you're like, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller yeah, yeah. and there's no money getting put into it. So that's like, mm-hmm. that gives my anxiety just a big kick in the butt. So um, for, for reference, I went my first three weeks here without a job. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how she did that. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it's I hard. Mean, but you're going, but like you were applying for careers. I'm just applying for a job that I can just make fast money. So yeah, I, can I mean, it's get, still difficult. It's, it is very yeah. difficult. Um, but I mean, even three weeks is awesome for what you got. I mean, you got like the best job at the best gym. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, my first week in New York was great. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It was hard because mm-hmm. our room's pretty small. Our apartment is gorgeous. Very small. Yeah, the our, room is very small. It's very small. And I mean, we're not like you know larger people and we but we just have a lot of stuff you know it's like <laughs> that's horrible i mean I'm, it's not like i'm like six five and like i can't maneuver through there you yeah know? okay okay i see what you're saying you know what i mean saying. I, was like, I chose my words very carefully larger people <laughs> but that in of itself like the room is just very small mm-hmm. you know and there's like hardly any closet space there's nowhere to put any of our clothes and like I just brought all my winter stuff, but I mean, you have like most of your clothes here and there's a suitcase right there. So, but we, I ordered furniture and you know, I saved up a lot of money because I was like, well, when I move to New York, I'm sure Jane and I are going to have to buy stuff to like accommodate our needs. Um, and I have, I, our furniture is getting here today actually. So I'll build that and like buying clothes and stuff. Cause I mean, I came from North Carolina, that's the South. And then you move up here to New York and it's like, an average of 30 degrees outside. So I had mm-hmm. to buy like a winter jacket, some new shoes. I'm saying like I needed all this stuff. I did, but um, yeah, financially it's been not what I expected, but what I kind of, I'm grateful that I planned for that. Um, I'm glad I got a job. It's just been an adjustment, you know, it's just that's really what it's been is an, is an mm-hmm. adjustment and it's hard. It's a hard one. I mean, we even talked last night. It's a very hard adjustment. Um, but I am very, very thankful that you are so awesome and cool. Um, no, seriously. I mean, <laughs> like you, you are such a pillar in my life as far as, you know, mental stability, physical stability, emotional stability. Like you, you're, you're just so crucial to my, in, to my sanity. And I really thank you for that. I mean, you just kind of let me move into your home and <laughs> took me in under your wing. I paid him to say this yeah um (laughs) copyright (laughs) all right Uh, okay so like you said you're an actor um and new york city was not your original plan it was not no so for about five years i would say your plan was to move to la well i would say for about like two or three because i mean when i was in college i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen right you know Mm -hmm. um i mean i've always wanted to move to la i guess but it's like always wanting to do something and then like actually doing it are two different things So I want to talk about what was going through your mind when you kind of cut the cords with L.A. So a little bit about my move to L.A. Um, I talked on my previous podcast, and I'm sure for those who know me, um, I had a friend who moved out to L.A. with his father, and we were going to move in together. And I had a couple of connections in L.A., and it was just I was going to kind of get the ball rolling with that. Um, And my goal was to move home, save up money, and move out to L.A. Well... I, uh, this is, it's so hard to put into words, but like I, I would think about my move to LA and you know how it's like a big move is supposed to like scare you, but excite you. Well, like all it did was just terrify me and I couldn't really find any like excitement. I was more kind of dreading getting out there, um, due to not only fear, but like I don't know, just like financial, like I had just no clue what I was doing, nor, I mean, I only had my one friend out there and that I could really like count on, 
Um, but I don't know. This is what's all going through my mind. It may not be true in reality, but what I was thinking was like, I was scared. I didn't really have anybody. And financially it was a nightmare. I mean, Mm -hmm. the apartment that me and my friend were going to sign for, like each of our rents were going to be like 900 bucks plus power plus, uh, fi So it's already like well over a thousand dollars a week each. Then I had a car payment. That was going to be 350 bucks. Gas is like 450 a gallon. And in, in LA, you have to drive everywhere. You have to because it's so vast. You have to, and then traffic's a nightmare. And so financially, I was like, shit, I don't know if I can like really do this. And um, then I kind of started getting scared. And then I asked myself like, well, why the hell aren't you happy? Like, why aren't you excited for this? And I just thought and thought and thought. And then you and I actually had a conversation one night and... I kind of explained to you like how I was feeling. And then you're like, well, I mean, you know, did you ever think about moving to New York? It's kind of like the same except, you know, different for for like performing and acting and stuff like that. And then that really got me thinking like, well, all my friends. So all my friends from my uh, class in college are pretty much moving out here. My girlfriend's out here. I visited New York City a year ago and L.A. at the same time. I went on like spring break, so I went to New York, then L.A., and they were so different. But when I came to New York, I was just like starstruck by everything, by the lights, the city, the, all these quick moving parts, the buses, the trains. It was all just like, holy crap, this is so cool. And then I get to L.A., and it's definitely a chiller vibe, but I'm like, yeah, this is cool. and all. It just wasn't the same. I clearly loved the city more than I did LA but I tried to convince myself that I didn't because I you know that was the whole plan I've been telling myself for years and years yeah did you feel like pressured to stay to that like to stay to LA is that why you were so yeah like trying to fight through it yeah it's like I felt pressured by myself I felt pressured like hey you know you like no 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 you actually you want to do this remember like you you want to move here like this is what you want to do and I, I that was like my conscience telling me this and I was like is it though? Is it? And plus I didn't want to let my friend down and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, shit, I'm just in this like giant tug of war with myself. And finally I just kind of like lost it one day. And I was like, dude, I, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to do this. All these arrows are pointing to New York and I have like none pointing to LA. And I just like it, you know, it just, it all came down to, it wasn't the right time for that kind of move for me. And I had just figured I would be way more happier here, you know, with, with all my friends here, with you here, with just the city, the place I wanted to live. Um, and that's like really what it came down to is, uh, that, and I had just this like great relationship with theater that I just really beckoned for all the time. And in LA, it's very much like movies and TV shows and stuff. And like the theater scene is not really relevant there, uh, as far as New York and in New York, it's mainly like theater and TV and movies are kind of like, eh. and right now, like in my career, I'm only 23 years old. I just graduated college. I am nowhere near ready for a giant movie deal right now. So I figured it was best for me and my career to kind of go to New York and get my feet wet here and get connected here. And then later in my career, kind of go to LA when I have some clout and I have mm-hmm. some pull because going to LA as like an absolute nobody just kind of seems like I'm shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, so that's kind of like, in a nutshell, what I went through in like five months. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I might be completely wrong, so just let me know. But oh, I, yeah, I'm just trying to like get inside your brain a little bit about Babe, where you yeah. were because we haven't really talked about this. Yeah. Um, but was it ever like, 
So I moved out to New York and that was my plan for a long time. Did you ever feel like, because I felt like this about LA sometimes, is that like I wanted to move to New York first because I also didn't want it to be like I'm following my boyfriend to LA. Did you ever feel like that? Like you didn't want to like quote unquote follow me to New York because that's something I think especially young couples struggle with. Yeah, it was definitely like, I mean, it's kind of hard to say what it really was. I mean, I just kind of said what it really was. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, I was like, man, I don't want to follow Jane out to New York. And then, you know, I, I had the thought of like, everyone's going to think that. Right, exactly. And I was like, People you know think what? that I'm like giving up on my dream and like, I'm just following my significant other. Yeah. And I was like, fuck what anyone else thinks. Like, I'm going to do what's best for me. And my mom, my mom actually came and she was like, honey, you got to do what's best for you. Like you, mm -hmm. you can't give a shit what anyone else thinks or what everyone else is going to think of you. Like, what do you want to do right, right now? And then I was like, I want to move to New York. And she was like, you got to go to New York then. And my mother, I love her so, so much. She's so supportive of me. Um, and she was like, well, and then literally that day she was like, let's pack. So she like packed up a bunch oh my of my God, stuff. I, love her. I know she's <laughs> awesome. She's like, okay, let's consolidate. So she was like helping me. Like, she was like, this is too big. You can't bring that to New York. This is like, this is small. This is great. So like, she was very, very much like on board with it. And, um, I kind of got over the fact that like, I'm not, no, I did not follow my girlfriend here. My girlfriend happened to be here and it's also the city that I love. So to me, it's a win-win because not only are you here, which is great, but it's the place that I wanted to be all along. And, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just that it, you just have to get over that, um, what, like that stigma of, oh, you're going to do this because of this. And it's like, no, I'm going to do this because I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And it just took a while for me to figure that out because for years I was telling myself that I wanted to do one thing when really I was kind of afraid to admit that I really wanted to do the other thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about what your long-term goal is. Um, being an actor is kind of like being in the wild, wild west. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> There's sure. like no rules. Everything is changing on the daily um, so tell me a little bit about what your long-term goal looks like. So some things that I really want to accomplish are um, obviously get an agent. But if we're just talking strictly artistic, I would love to be on like a like a popular Netflix show. Because with, with, for me, with creativity and stuff and, and like acting, I'm very attracted to character development. Um, and... Uh, what what kind of drives me to that is like this this constant changing like this long term project that you're on. So with movies, you're yeah you could film for like a couple of years, but like for a TV show that's successful, like you're on that show for a very long time, and that character ebb and flows to the story, just like a movie. But I mean, it's it's more long term, and that's what really attracts me. So I would love to do obviously some stuff like with theater on Broadway, maybe be in a new work that I would love to do that. I just kind of want to make. A name for myself doing something very very original and um yeah so mainly character development long-term tv show that's what that's that would be my dream right there yeah. and to kind of be a writer on that show as well as oh, like a star because cool. i love to write and mm -hmm. like yeah something like that i want it to be like i don't know what whatever it might be but that's just be part of the creative process yeah be part well. of the creative process yeah, not just awesome. like in front of the camera but also behind the camera yeah. um and eventually, like when I get older, I would love to have like a show that I'm producing myself and Ooh. like writing for. Yeah, because <laughs> that's I, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's really what I want to do. And I just kind of want to, I kind of want to just create something that people talk about. You know, um, 
and I know that sounds so vast and vague. And again, it's my first week in the city, but I mean, that's, that is like my end game. And then of course I have smaller goals to get me there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, top, top, top tier goal is definitely have my, uh, TV show and or producing a show, um, and kind of have my hands in the, in the makings of it and what makes it great, you Mm -hmm. know? Cool. Um, so I actually want to jump back before all of this and even before college because yeah. this is not what your life looked like no. your senior year. Yeah. Um, so, so different. I know. So just tell tell the listeners a little bit about like where you were um, fall of your senior year. Ugh. Well, this is a long story, but luckily <laughs> we're sitting here in a very comfortable couch. So for those who don't know, I was a jock like super duper jock in high school um my family was a football family was a very sports oriented family and my I played football for like 12 years and I was pretty good um I was pretty good at football I had a couple of scholarships lined up you know I was starting I was kind of well known within my small town and you know, I had my had my face on billboards. I was in the newspaper, this, that, and the other. Um, I was really good, but it was also like my entire life. Um, I, I would just eat, breathe, and sleep sleep football. Um, so that's kind of like the path that I was going down. And sorry, I'm gonna move. This yeah, you go ahead and move it. Um, and my parents always stressed like, do as much as you can, so that when college comes around, like you can just pick and choose because colleges love like uh, diversity in their students. So I was like, okay, well then I've always done theater in like middle school. So I was like, I love doing theater. So I always did theater in high school. And I was kind of like one of the only jocks that did theater because in my school it was very much like if you're a jock, you play sports. High school and, musical? Uh, kind of, yeah. Stick to the stuff you know? Yeah, stick to the stuff you know. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. The status quo, dude, the status quo. Did you guys dance and sing in the lunchroom too? Um, only one time. Okay. Yeah, that was okay. a pep rally that went really, really wrong. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Um, was that, Vanessa Hudgens there? No, she wasn't. Okay, she done. was sick I'm that done. day. Yeah, okay. Um, this is my story. This is my, this is go, my show. Go, um, This is ours. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, no, I'm kidding. But yeah, so football was kind of like on the horizon for me. I had big things going. And then all of a sudden, my senior year, the beginning of my senior year, I was at a football camp because that's what you do to like get um, looked at and stuff. And I had a scholarship right there at that camp. Like they, they just gave, they, they, I, I ran like, there was like 500 people there. I and ran, you, you played running back, right? Yeah. I was like okay. a running back slot receiver. Kind of like for those football fans that, you know, I was like a Christian McCaffrey or like a Wes Welker, kind of like the small kid that was just really fast. And I like punt return, kick return, stuff like that. Well, at this camp, I ran the second fastest 40 there, and I was like 185 pounds. I was benching like, I mean, I could bench like 365 pounds. I was squatting like almost 500, deadlifting over 600 pounds. So like, I was a beast, mm-hmm. and I was small and fast. So that, um, yeah, they, they gave me a scholarship right there, and it was like a giant big school. And then later that day at the camp can you, i can you tell us what school it was yeah it was a uh, university of north carolina at chapel hill sorry i just um, kicked the mic stand that's okay yeah it's university okay, so of north- unc yeah unc um i met coach fedora who i don't know if he's the head coach right now but at the time he was and um for those who know ryan switzer i met him too and he was really cool and i went to like in the locker rooms and they pulled me away from the camp and like we went through the the, the camp and stuff like that and they showed me a bunch of stuff in their facilities but then 
at the camp, I, um, I tore my ACL. So I was going out for like this route after like towards the end of the camp. And like this guy shoves me cause we're not wearing pads. Um, but he shoves me and this just weird stuff happened. And I just, I felt this weird thing in my knee. And then next thing you know, on one MRI later, I'm out for the season. So my scholarships get pulled. I was getting looked by Cornell, which is an Ivy League school. Oh, I watched The Office. I know all about Cornell. Oh, yeah. Andy Bernard, the Nard Dog. <laughs> um, yeah, I was getting looked at by Cornell. So, like, I was I was going to go play college football. Right. Like, I was going, going to go play. And... So, that moment. So, you get the MRI back. You've torn your ACL. You're out for the season. Do you know in that moment that your scholarships are taken away? No. Okay. So the, do the schools reach out to you yes. and retract the scholarships? Yes, because they reach out and they do. They did like a checkup. So the coach actually texted me, Coach Fedora texted me, and he because I tore my ACL at that camp. Mm-hmm. He came up and he was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I just hurt my knee." And he's like, "Okay, well, you know, let us know what happens." And um, I texted him, and then he's like, "Okay, well, we'll reach out to you with like some details about your scholarship." Um, and then they sent me a letter saying like. It got revoked. So stuff. so what is that like? Like you open a letter and it's just telling you that your whole future is completely different than what you thought it was going to be. Um, Devastating. It's horrible. When like I put 12 years of my life towards one thing, one moment, one climactic moment, and it's exactly what I didn't want to happen. Um, it's horrible. It's heartbreaking. And it sent me into a spiral of depression and to top it all off on the, with the cherry on top, my parents got divorced like weeks later, weeks later, they announced their divorce. So to start my senior year, this is where I was in a wheelchair. I missed the first entire week of school and the principal like waved it and whatnot. And my teachers were okay with it because they all knew me and knew my situation. I missed the entire first week of class. So for about a month, I'm playing catch up on like assignments and stuff because my, you know, school is all just like, okay, first week you have all this stuff to do. It's not like college where it's syllabus week and it's a joke. So I'm behind. I'm in a wheelchair for two months in a wheelchair with my leg like completely immobilized. Um, it's throbbing. I mean, like I have my whole knee open. I have a, I have a screw. I have two screws, but I have one that's kind of sticks out on my knee. Um, it's horrible. I mean, it's horrible. And I have to sit there on the football team and like watch them play and stuff. And I'm like, so for the first two. So you're still going to practice at this point. Yeah, at this point. Like I, you're still. Yeah, at this okay. point, because I was like captain of the team. So they were like, oh. we need you to be there. And I was like, okay, I mean, whatever. I was, it was just, I was, it was yeah, so depressing. Sucks. And my parents split up. So my mom moves out, gets a new house. I'm having to help them move in a fucking wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It was, dude, it was just, it was horrible. So that's the fall, right? That is the fall. Like your yes. fall, the first half of senior year. Um, did you do theater in the fall or did you only do it in the spring? Yep. I actually did theater in the fall. I helped write the show that we took to SETC. I was like in the, I was like in the creative process. This girl wrote it and um, I just kind of like helped her with it. I did actually, I did the lights for the show. Oh, cool. Um, Because I was like, I've been in all the shows. I want to do lights. Like, see what it's like. Because my Mm -hmm. best friend, Erica, was doing lights all the time. So I was like, I'll just hang out with her. Um, So so at what point do you decide to make the transition? Because for for a lot of acting schools, if you guys don't know, 
Um, for most of them, you have to audition before you go to school, but some of them, like ECU, you can audition before or you can audition after your first year. Yeah, and it's not a guarantee if you're going to get in the program. I right. mean, some people that we know auditioned for years and never got in the program or got in and had to stay extra years. About, I, th- I want to say like around... For the, for the acting program, I want to say it's around 100, like average. Yeah, that I, think, I think my year was like 130 something. And 12 to 14 get in. Yeah. So it's very... It's pretty competitive. You're putting all your, your eggs in one basket. Yeah, and they're, they're from like all over the country. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, ECU, say what you will about ECU, but the acting program is, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved I it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So, okay, so at, so at what, what point in that, in your senior year, do you feel like you're like, okay, I'm going to go to school for acting? Um, well, I wasn't going to go to school for sports because I was like, screw sports, whatever. The one I wanted to do, it's now over. And I wrestled and ran track and I was good at all that stuff too, but I hated wrestling and track. I'm like, I'm not going to school for track. I'm mm-hmm. just not going to do that. But I did theater for almost as long as I did football. And I was like, well... I love doing theater and I love being on the stage. And, um, you know, we did Into the Woods that year. And ECU just did Into the I know, Woods. Yeah. <laughs> we've come full circle. We've come full circle. I did Into the Woods and I was in all the musicals, all the plays and everything. And my theater teacher was just very inspirational. And she was like, dude, you like you, you got something. You got something special. You should go after this. And I was like, shit. Okay. Like, yeah. And I thought about it and thought about it. And like, I've always loved theater I've always loved acting but I've always loved my favorite part was like being somebody else because I was very very insecure in high school and that was like my big issue as we all were as we all were but my like I prided myself on being like this chameleon because I was very and it was some of it was genuine some of it was out of my insecurities but like I was friends with everyone so I had like chess club friends because I was in the chess club I had wrestling friends I had football friends I had theater friends I had robotics club friends like I had a ton of different groups of friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, in theater, I can just be anyone, any one of those people. Um, So I think once I got off the crutches, once I got on my feet, I was like, yeah, you know, this is, I get, I remember being on stage and I was like, wow, hearing the audience applause was infinitely better than scoring any kind of touchdown or finishing first in any kind of race that I ever did. So I was like, this feeling is amazing. Like, I love this feeling of like success and glory. And I was just attracted to that. So, I mean, it may be the right reason. It may be the wrong reason. But that's kind of when I was like, I want to go do this. So you walk into ECU. Okay. And you're getting to know. You did You did not audition before. No. Your freshman year. No. Okay. So you walk into ECU. You decide that you're going to do theater. Okay. So you're mm-hmm. starting to meet everyone. Freshman year is pretty chill overall yeah pretty chill um and as you're getting to know people especially at at any art school any major there's a lot of people who you go to or uh, there's a lot of people there who you meet who have like already done professional contracts at age 18 they've already they've been in like voice lessons since they were six they've been dancing since they were six they've been singing for forever act like all of that so do you feel intimidated by that or did you just feel like that was that, that like you didn't um I guess what I'm saying is like, did you feel like intimidated, like you had to play catch up your freshman year or where were you? I was very intimidated by that and kind of as like a defense mechanism, I acted like I wasn't. So I was like, all right, well, like I'm going to play it cool and just act like I'm meant to be here. 
But I also knew that like, there's no way I'm going to catch up to these people because they have, they have years and years of experience on me who have, I mean, yes, I have experience in high school, but I don't have professional experience. I don't have outside acting training, dance training, singing training, nothing like that. So I knew I couldn't play catch up. So playing catch up would be useless. So what I did is I was like, well, I'm going to make just like my own thing and like try to try to actually be myself instead of trying to like be some guy that I wasn't in high school and just try to be genuine. And I mean, yes, I was intimidated, but you know, what I learned from football is just, I got a great, great work ethic from all the sports that I played. So I was like, you know what? I bet I can outwork a lot of these people and like out research and out plan. And God, my freshman year was a dumpster fire, but, (laughs) but that's kind of what I held on to was like, if I can outwork, um, if I can outwork, you know, all those people and just be one of those 12 that get in, get that spot. I think I can do that. So that's what I did. And he was one of those 12 people. I was, Look at you. I know. And I, I was, and it was great. I mean, I went from like, who the hell is this guy to like, you know, I made it in the room and, you know, graduated with it and stuff like that. Got so a couple of leads along the way, a couple of leads along the way, couple of couple movie of, awards, a couple of awards. Lots yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. Oh, and you got, yeah, you got the professional acting award. Yeah, I actually got the, like, (laughs) acting award for the school, so, you know. But that's kind of what I've always held on to is my work ethic. I kind of try to, I try to draw from that, yeah. And that's kind of something you can't teach. It's just something you got to, like, earn and have through applying it. Um, But, yeah, it was a a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind, but I don't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm -hmm. I, I just, sportsman, my child will not play football. And I say that all the time to my parents and they're like, what? Why not? We're a football I know. Family. I'm like, hmm, we'll, we'll talk about this at a Dude, later date. <laughs> she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. It's so dangerous. But well, this isn't a, this isn't an anti-football podcast, but it, it, it made me who I am today. And that is right. what I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Cool. Um, so I feel like when a lot of people think about actors, they think about really famous actors. They think about. Um, like the red carpet, being in movies, being on set, all of that. But a lot of it is not glamorous and it takes a lot of work to get there. Um, So I first of all just want to talk about how there's not really any money in acting when you start off most of the time. So so what are you doing to support yourself and what is that like? So I, in, in college, I had to pay my own rent and I basically put myself through college, um, And to do that, I just waited tables. And then luckily, you know, during the summer, I got trained to be a bartender. And then as jobs went on, I was serving at one job, serving and bartending here. So I kind of took a liking to that. Um, And surprisingly, I don't hate it, you know, Mm because everyone hates waiting tables and everyone hates the service industry, like those who work in it. And like, yes, it is bad, but I... And I mean, you can attest to this. I'm a, I'm a very much like glass half full kind of guy. I'm a very like optimistic, wouldn't you say, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm like, well, if I'm making money, then that's great. However, I'm doing it, whether it is waiting tables or bartending, but I kind of like that restaurant social atmosphere where it's like, everything's kind of going so fast and it's like a very high intense, um, place and the money's flowing and people are having a good time and you know it's like I'm kind of hosting a party I mean even in college I would host like a lot of you know little parties in my apartment and stuff and I don't know I just liked it so right now I'm working in a restaurant to just try to 
get money and get tips. And that's all I did all summer was work two serving jobs, one in, one in a breakfast diner and then one on like a lakeside uh, bistro. And I mean, it has its ups and downs. You know, it's definitely not a career that I want to stick in, you know, stick with for a while. But right now, I mean, the money's just too good. Mm-hmm. The money's so good. It's like the, the, the way I think is the more money I make, the less I have to work. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now for money. And, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Um, okay. I want you to tell us about your worst job experience. My worst like job Like, either experience. a whole job or, like, one individual night. Hmm. Or oh, morning. Oh, my God, dude. Lowe's. Are you kidding me? Oh, my Are you God. Kidding me? I forgot about Lowe's. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, my nor God. will I ever. Okay, listen, okay. Listen to them. how... Okay, what are you saying? I, I just want to point out that from the get-go, before we jump into this... She said it was a horrible I idea. I said, Grant, that is a horrible idea. And I said, shut up. You don't know anything. No, I did not say that at all, but... <laughs> okay, tell them, tell them about Lowe's. <laughs> oh, my God. My senior year of college. My senior year of college. I... I had a class schedule because directing went until five o'clock every day or every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and um, serving jobs at night start start at five. So no place, not even the place that I would used to work at Starlight Cafe, which was awesome, would let me work because they're like, dude, you have to be here. Listen, how screwed up this is. I love that restaurant, but they had for a service that starts at five o'clock you had to get there at three to set up and it's not a big restaurant it is not a big restaurant and when you close the restaurant down it's pretty much set up for the next day so it's not a big restaurant but they have you get there at just absurd amount of time before so you're sitting there for two hours not getting paid like you're not getting paid you're just not so you have to sit there so i couldn't work there which i wanted to because i love the restaurant i love the people i love the food and the money was awesome so i was like shit what am i gonna do for money because i have to pay my rent so my brother was like, he went to App State at the time and he was like, dude, do what I do. He just worked overnight shifts at Lowe's. And I was like, I don't know about all that. But I, but my schedule was like, my evenings were really booked because I had rehearsal and class, but my mornings were pretty free. So I was like, well, you know, I could maybe make it work if I just work like Saturday and like, I wanted to save up enough money before the show before three musketeers because i was anticipating getting cast in that show um and turns out i got the lead but i was trying to save up enough money because i was probably going to take out like a small loan to just pay for that like month and a half because i couldn't get a job because i'm in a show there's no way i can get a job and my parents just they didn't like you know they gave me money when i needed it but i'm not like hey can you pay my rent for like six weeks no i'm not gonna do that so anyway Although, whatever, that's a whole other topic that I'm just not going to talk about. But, so I get this job at Lowe's, and dear God, was it the worst job ever. It was the worst job I've ever had. So my schedule was, I had to go in at 8 p.m., and I would get done at 6 in the morning. And at first, it wasn't bad. At first, (laughs) You came home the first day, and you were like, dude... This is awesome. Oh, of course. Well, of, of course I'm going to say that right. because I'm not going to be like, shit, so, I just signed up for a job and now right. it fucking sucks. Especially when I've been like, that's going to suck. Oh, you're going to hate it. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to say that. So, so so, what were you doing? Like, what was what was your actual job? The job title was receiver slash stalker. So what we had to do was 
when the store closes at eight, the night crew comes and like restocks the shelves and like organizes what's called freight or items that need to be put out on the shelves for the next day. So that's what we did. It was a small team. There was eight of us with a manager in this giant, giant store. I mean, it's, I mean, you've been into a Lowe's. It's massive. And it smells like wood chips and it just stinks and it's just dirty. I kind of love the smell of Lowe's, like Lowe's and Home Depot. Okay, I love the smell of Lowe's when I'm in there shopping and I get to leave in 20 minutes. Not when you have to sit there for eight, nine hours, I should say. It was Mm -hmm. a nine hour shift with an hour break of lunch. So, yeah, we had to like go in the back where these trucks were and like every day the truck would get in at like six or whatever and they would unload this truck and there would be like... 30 or 40 pallets of stuff and I the new guy gets screwed with the largest most complicated section of the store which was hardware and tool world so I had two sections tool world tool world that's what it was (laughs) called so not only was I dealing with like tiny anywhere from tiny tiny screws to like doorknobs and uh, mailboxes for hardware but in tool world I had to lift like giant table saws uh, miter saws drills hammers wrenches all this other shit so I had a massive section some people had like um, I don't know like a carpet or um, like um, outside or indoor garden section which was like easy and peaceful like you had grills and You'd have like move like one or two grills and that was it. Mm-hmm. But like I had so much freight. It, every <laughs> single night I had the most. So I spent eight hours just loading a cart full of stuff, scanning it, and it tells me where to put it. So that's all I did for eight hours. So what were you doing um, like besides that? Like, like to keep yourself awake? I would listen to podcasts and that's where I fell in love with podcasts because I never had I never listened to podcasts because I would just only listen to music if I'm driving somewhere or working out and I'm not going to listen to a podcast when I do that but I fell in because my brother was like I listen to audiobooks and I was like okay I'll listen to audiobooks so I, I got some free audiobooks and listened to that and I was listening to the audiobook of Three Musketeers in preparation for the play so I would know much, a lot about it which was a fantastic book oh my god the book is so much better than the play <laughs> dude it's so good right like Milady has like magical powers in the book yeah the books are always they're better. just they can always just better more stuff in yeah them. and they just it, anyway it's that's welcome to the book reading podcast not kidding <laughs> um but yeah I would listen to podcasts and um I would keep myself awake as best I could but some days dude like when like again in the beginning it was easy but towards the end dude I started going crazy I started losing my mind I started like I would be up for like 48 to 72 hours at a time without sleeping because I just that's the way my schedule worked um I would see like ghosts not even kidding like figures and stuff like my mind your mind really does play tricks on you when you're up that late because I'm also the most anxious person ever so imagine him telling me this stuff and I'm like oh cool I'm going to go to my apartment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause like, I, like I remember, I distinctly remember seeing this one thing every single time I was on the doorknob aisle. Cause the doorknob aisle is like so mesmerizing. Cause they're all like in a line and you're like, Oh God. And I would look, it, it was as if like you turn, you look over your shoulder real quick and right before your eyes like focus, you see just like the back half of someone walk to the next aisle. 
So I'd be like, oh, I think it's my friend Deshaun, who was like my best friend at work because he was such a cool guy. So I'd be like, hey, Deshaun. And I would walk to the end and I would look and there's no one there. So I was like, maybe he's in the next aisle over. And I would look and there's no one there. And then I would look in that aisle and walk away. And right before I get to the next aisle, I see all the way at the end of the aisle, a figure passing to the next aisle. So it's like you're you're constantly seeing like half of somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's it's so real. It's it's scary. It's not like a shadow. It is a person. It is a walking person. And then I like I I would spend minutes like investigating and being like, who the hell's there? Like, hello, or is, is there anyone in my manager? They're all like, no, we're like we're over here. We're on the opposite side of the store. And I'm like, what? So that's that was always fun. And I just got used to it. I would see him and just be like, what the fuck ever? It's not even real. <laughs> hey, Fred. What's up, Jim? Um, but yeah, that was the worst job. It was so long. My sleep schedule was horrible. I mean. My friends that listen to this that were in my styles class, they can attest. You know me, I'm a very like I'm very prepared. I was always on I was always off book. I knew all my blocking. I knew like I just I'm very much like I know my shit before I go into rehearsal. Well, in styles, we had to know our lines for this scene. We were off book that day. We had to know our blocking. And I show up and it's like I'm hammered drunk because I haven't slept in so long. So like I know none of my lines. I no, none of my blocking and everyone's like freaking out and I'm just sitting here laughing like I don't give a fuck like whatever and everyone's like dude are you okay like you don't act like this normally like normally you're prepared and I'm like nope I don't know any of my lines don't know any of my blocking I haven't slept for three days so it was horrible very unhealthy and the pay was absolutely horrible I got paid ten dollars an hour it was horrible it was just horrible so that was the worst job ever. Never work overnights unless you have to or you're getting paid a lot of money because it's extremely unhealthy, especially after researching sleep and listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. It's episode, uh, uh, I think it's episode 1125. It's with this guy named Matthew Walker, who is a sleep specialist at the University of California, UCLA. It's, uh, go listen to that and then you'll realize why you need to sleep. And if you get a whoop, whoop sponsor us please um then you can track your sleep (laughs) yeah whoop's great i love my whoop yeah she has Um, a whoop i'm not gonna get one but she has one i have an apple watch and i have both she has both Mm. she's super cool but (laughs) sleep's super important yeah Yeah, that's that yeah whoop's the conversation for another day yeah when they when you sponsor us whoop we'll talk more about you (laughs) um but yeah that was the worst job i ever had babe it was horrible never work it overnight never do it yeah um, okay, so we're both in the service industry and anyone who's worked in service before knows that there's a lot of just really shitty days that go along with it. There are. Um, so how do you get through that? A shitty day? Yeah, like what do you do to get through a shitty day or if you're just like not in the mood to to be serving or anything like that? You know what I mean? So it's funny you ask that because remember that book you told me to read, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck? The best book ever. It's yeah, so it's, good. it's awesome book. And it's I, so good. And I read, I, I mean, I'm halfway through it right now, but there's a part where, and I always tell myself this, whenever I'm upset or feeling like, eh, I always tell myself this. And it's so, God, I'm just so glad I read that book. But I, at the end of the day and at the start of the day, I, as an individual, as a person, am responsible for the way that I feel, you know, mm-hmm. like you could piss me off or whatever, or someone else could piss me off or make me feel bad or insult me. And ultimately it's my responsibility for why I feel that way. And it's a little confusing cause it's like, well, if Jane is the one that's making you upset, isn't she responsible? No, she's not responsible for making me feel upset. She is, 
she, what she did made me feel upset, but it's like my responsibility to interpret that and let it affect me. So when I'm having a bad day, I always just think to myself like, dude, you are responsible for feeling shitty. Do you want to feel shitty today? Do you want today to be a bad day? Or can you somehow turn this situation into something that you can get over or something positive? So I'm like very much like a manipulate my own brain kind of guy where it's like, yes, yes, today is sucky. Yes, today is shitty. But you know what? Today is another day. It's another day to get better. It's another day to improve. And you know what? You woke up breathing today. So like, I know it sounds so cliche, but that's kind of what I always tell myself is like, take responsibility for the way that you feel. If you want to feel better, then work towards feeling better. Don't let the sorrows kind of keep pounding you down. Always try to fight back, you know, always try to uh, overcome that hill. Always see the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't just shut the doors completely because then there's no hope. That's kind of what I think. And I know it's weird and it's like, oh, he's probably just saying that. But I mean, read the book. It's great. I mean, I just choose not to give a fuck. And there's a lot of things I still give a fuck about. And it's it's hard. But yeah, I mean, when someone's an asshole at the table that I'm serving or managers are up your ass or people are just shit's just not going the way you want it to. You just got to think to yourself. Yes, I'm in this situation. I put myself in this situation. But you know what? I'm not going to let this situation ruin my day or my mood does that make sense yeah no that makes complete sense and it's just it's hard yeah, to, no a podcast <laughs> yeah no a podcast <laughs> i mean that's just kind of like i'm just trying to practice that and again i mean mm-hmm. some days i let it get the best of me and some days i'm just like you know what i want to be emotional i want to feed that emotion and just like be mad and sad and cry and scream and do that but most days i'm like you know what let's see i got i got dealt cards today let's see if i can still win this hand you know mm-hmm. that's kind of how i think yeah. How, well, how do you? So, well, how, well, like I know it's. I know you're asking me questions, but like, that's a really good and very interesting thing. Like, how do you? How do you deal with issues and days? I mean, because you know this week has been tough. Um, it's been a tough first week. But like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with issues like that? What what's what goes through your mind? Um. Because I've been I talking guess, for so, so fucking long, I can't oh, stand my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but also, no, I'm very like, yeah. How how does your brain work? I guess like. So, so I went to school for acting, but I'm not currently acting and I don't really see myself going back to that at any point. Um, but that's one of the things that, that acting and theater really taught me was that, um, especially like later on in my acting career, like towards the end of college was I was really into directing. I was really into producing and something that I remember thinking to myself was it's not all about you. And just being like, there's so many things going on in the world that it's just not about you. And so, especially with my job, um, where I'm I'm helping people get to a very specific goal for them. And, and for a lot of people, a fitness journey is so emotional. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, well, it's, oh, my it's a, God. It's a, it, I mean, this is, it, this is true. It's a lifestyle. I mean, it's a, right. it's a total change in the way of life. Yeah. And so the, the first time that we meet with people, whether they become a client or not, we, we offer it at our gym. It's just a complimentary service. Um, you could just get to meet with a personal trainer and talk to them about what you want to do. And then I just give you some advice on how to get there. Um, I would always suggest that everybody work with a personal trainer, whether you're new to the gym whether I mean I would love to have a personal trainer I just just that's like my my plan later on is to get a trainer because they can just do so much for you um 
but like for that like I just have to be so focused on someone else and especially like my clients like the people that I get to know the first time I meet them a lot of people it's just so emotional for them a lot of people are on the verge of depression or uh, I, how many people have I heard say I just hate what I see when I look in the mirror and that's, just, that's so heartbreaking yeah or, or people are just like they're depressed they're stressed with with work and New York City is so stressful so just like having a place where they can go and they don't have to think they don't have to worry about it they don't have to go somewhere where they don't know what they're doing they don't have to go you know what I mean so like that's where I come in and I can help them feel more comfortable in a gym feel more comfortable with their bodies support them and like let them know like yeah you should you know be eating healthy and working out but also go have fun with your friends like it's also a way to validate people that like it's okay to have a drink it's okay to go out. It's okay if you didn't get great sleep last night. Like we're all human, and it's just getting better from there. Um, but how do you? But how so, do you? So specifically, deal with, yeah. so specifically for my job is like something that I always tell myself. Like I had a really terrible week this week, and for example, like Thursday night, I um, had to have a session. Like after just a long stream of just horrible things happened, mm-hmm. and not only was it a session, so like it's already important to me, but my manager was shadowing it, yeah, so, so that like, I could get like promoted. Um, so like 10 minutes before, you know, you just have to like spend some time with yourself and say, look, it's not about you. I have to go and give myself to this girl who's coming in, who, who wants to become a better version of herself. And if I'm not on my game, I'm wasting her time. I'm wasting her money and she's not getting what she wants out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, for me, it's a lot of just refocusing. um, Right. Like a, like almost like a healthy distraction. Yeah. And well, and something that I loved about theater is just um i guess you learn how to pivot you always have to learn how to pivot if someone goes up on a line you have to learn how to fix it yeah if you're not in the mood to do a show get in the mood to do a show like you gotta find it yeah right and like i'm not saying that it's healthy to put off your emotions because it's not and it's no but redirecting is very i think it's just redirecting and just being like i had a really shitty day and three people stood me up but you know what there's nothing i can do about it yeah, that's really There's good. just nothing I can do about right. it. So instead of sitting here, I guess it's kind of like you were saying, like instead of sitting here and marinating in that, right. I'm going to, always keep you know, higher put on my get... uniform and I'm going to put on a smile and say fuck you to those people mm-hmm. and just move on with my life. Right, yeah. Kind of just you, you can't just climbing. sit there and be mad at people. And it's so easy to do that. It's because, That's what you want to do. Yeah, that's oh, all. Because it feels good. And yeah, and, well, and it's a defense mechanism mm-hmm. because, you know, like way back when, when we were like cavemen, <laughs> not yeah. us, oh. but you know, um, like that's what you had to do was that if someone is... If someone takes if your rock... Um, yeah, then you got to go get your rock back. You got to get your fucking rock back. <laughs> but like now, like today, you know... Well, with them, with like media and like the w- with just our way of life, it's so easy to hide within yourself and to blame others. Oh, and you know what's like honestly taught me a lot about that is is YouTube, because people on YouTube are mean, savagery. They're so mean, and it feels so good for someone to comment something really mean on your video and to just respond, "Thank you for watching. I appreciate your feedback." Thank you. Next, seriously. Like it's that point, it just feels so nice just to be like you know what whatever well it's like, like you, well, i just don't care but like you're out there in the trenches like you're you are employed you are you are a working woman in america and with that comes you know trials and tribulations at work and it's it's a lot of like, so many people are unemployed i mean say what you want about the employment rate whatever but like a lot of people don't have a job so a lot of people don't even 
get the opportunity to go out there and get shit thrown in their face and have to react to that. They right. can just sit at home and hide behind stuff. Well, and you know what's um you don't do this and you should. You know what's really helpful with that hmm. is meditation. Yeah, I don't meditate. I did at Lowe's, but uh, I'm done talking about Lowe's. <laughs> no, you should. That's that's been really helpful for me too about just But see like okay, but like my form of meditation is like working out. Like that's how I clear my mind. No, it's when, not the same. It's not I, the same. I know. I, I, I felt mean, that I way know. for a long time. Um, and about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I just started meditating. Like everyone, I meditate on the train because like, what else are you going to do on the train? So I just put in my earbuds and meditate and you don't have to meditate with your eyes closed. You can like focus on one thing and just kind of zone out on that thing. Um, but I think it's a great place to meditate because so much is going on that you have to force yourself to just let everything go one in ear and one out the other. That is cool. I guess like. Yeah, I really want to try meditation. I guess what I'm doing right now is like when I get like super stressed out and lost, like I kind of turn to like the spiritual side and I'm like I'll pray and like mm-hmm. talk it out with, you know, God and kind of, I mean, I know it's not really like a, like a, like a, it's not really like an immediate answer type of thing. It just kind of makes me feel good. But yeah, I definitely want to try some meditation. We'll um, talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> but that's interesting how you, how yeah. you go about your problems and I go about mine and everyone Everyone out there, everyone listening, you have your own process. I, you know, we here on this podcast are just trying to urge you to like always try to move past it and always try to grow from it because again, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to kind of let the darkness and the shadows and the negativity of just everyday life pound you down. to the dark side. I I just watched Star Wars for the first time. Yeah, she's watching Star Wars and she likes it, but she keeps like screaming out plot points and I'm just like, watch the damn movie. (laughs) Is he the bad Sorry, guy? The internet, the internet's ruined Vader? Star Wars for me. Um, okay. She's like, "Where's Baby Yoda?" And I'm like, "Dude, this is episode <laughs> one." <laughs> then I saw Yoda, and I was like, "Oh, he's not a baby." Uh, um, okay, so I want to get, I want to get back to you. Yep. Um, okay, so that's kind of how you get through the shitty days in your service job. So I want to talk a little bit about like acting. How do you stay motivated? Because it's a lot of rejection. Yeah, it is. It's it's mostly all rejection mm-hmm. and. I think the best part, and again, like I just moved here. I haven't really had like giant auditions yet. um, And I haven't really been in the thick of it. Um, But from, I guess from getting rejected so far in my life, how I, you know, deal with that. Cause I mean, there's been roles that I wanted that I didn't get and stuff like that. It's just the way I see it. and, And again, that's kind of like a problem. That's like a shitty day. And I, and I look at it and I'm like, well, you know what? This time I didn't get it, but all all the universe wants me to do right now is give up and i just can't i'm i'm a very much like if 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 everyone wants me to do one thing i i i really try to let that motivate me into doing the opposite so like keeping on the keeping on and just kind of looking the issues in the face and being like yes it sucks notice like feel the pain and like understand it but also let it kind of fuel your fire it's more of like the more I get rejected, the harder I work. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to football where it's like, you know, if you're losing, you know, you, 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 you work harder. And if you lose a game, you go back to practice that next week and you work way harder than you did the last week to get better and better. And you're oh, there, there's no there's no cap on anything. As my brother says, no cap. Um, <laughs> and that like I, there's no cap. As my brother says, no cap, no cap. <laughs> Cause he'd be like, yeah, this is awesome. No cap though. And it's so, so it's so dumb. And I don't know why we stopped saying that, but bring it back. I know I'm going to bring it back, but always growing. It's kind of what I try to do. And mm-hmm. I always try to grow from rejection. Cause like, yeah, you can let rejection hurt you and hinder you, 
which is very easy to do because you just do nothing about it. Um, but if you do something about the rejection, if you use the rejection to kind of fuel your growth, then I think that the, like that's really the only way to do it in a positive way. Do you have any kind of routine or anything that helps you like get past that? Um, hmm, routine. Like something that you do. Um, I know some people like keep an audition journal. And they'll like go to an audition and then they write it down, like how the audition went. And then they just like leave it. Like they just don't think about it again. Yeah. Again, I haven't really, I need to like, that, that sounds like a good idea. It's something that I would like to do is like an audition journal. Um, but I think I like, if I get rejected right in the face and it's like, okay, thanks next. And like clearly not getting the part, clearly not going to get seen again or whatever. I take what I've learned right there in that moment and I write it all down in like my notes on my phone and then I immediately start looking at what I did wrong and like I pick up the ground running right there and start trying to fix it and make that a priority. Mm -hmm. So you jump on, you you twist the situation. Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Immediately because if I don't, then I'll forget. Mm -hmm. And if I forget, then it's never going to get done. Yeah. So I'm a very much like, shit, do it now so that you can not only get a head start on the competition, but also like get a head start on your own weaknesses. Cause I know again, mm-hmm. if I don't do it, then it's just not going to get done. Um, so, so I felt this way when I, when I was acting and sometimes even still feel this way. And I feel like a lot of people do. Have you ever heard of imposter syndrome? Mm-mm. Okay. So that's the feeling that like, that people get sometimes like when you don't feel like you deserve to be here or you don't feel not like here, but like, like in a career, like you get a great audition and it's like, or, or you're like working with someone awesome and it's like, how, like, how am I supposed to do this? Like, how am I supposed to, do you ever, do you ever feel that way? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I should, I guess, but uh, no, you. I mean, you know, I never feel that way. Cause I think, I mean, again, I'm a very, I'm a very spiritual guy. So like, I'm very strong within my faith, but I practice it alone because, I mean, I just think it's so annoying when, like, you know, Christians or whatever go all up in your face about shit. It's just, it's kind of leaves a bad taste. So, I I mean, I practice my, I'm a Christian and I practice it kind of on my own and I kind of hold it dear to me. So, I kind of let it all go back to God put me here in this room for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I'm here now for some reason. Let me be the best human being that I can be in this moment, be the best version of myself, and let's see where that takes me when I'm away from this. Because in the moment, if I'm in that room, and if I land that audition with just amazing people and I quote-unquote shouldn't be there, I'm there. I'm in the moment. I'm here, aren't I? So might as well make the best of it. And then, you know have doubts or whatever later but I never have doubts later because I'm like oh shit I just did that that was awesome like let's see what happens next and then you know that's when the rejection would usually come and then then I begin that process but when I'm in the moment I never think shit I I should not even be or like like any kind of like self-doubt I guess is oh the same thing I mean yeah there's always self-doubt I mean there's always like you know, how the hell am I gonna have an acting career how how, how the hell am I ever right that that's what I mean like it's um like how how am I gonna do this? What what am I? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I I think about that. You know sometimes, but as long as I'm doing something towards the goal, I always feel like it's just a process. 
So, so what would you say to someone who maybe like really suffered from imposter syndrome? Someone who like always, even if they were like the best singer, the best actor, the best whatever, like they could be the best lawyer, but they just always feel like I'm just not good enough to be here. I would tell them, I would tell them to find it in themselves to realize that they are. Because you are your own worst enemy. I mean, every great actor always says that, you know, the, the, the inner turmoil is much more severe than the external turmoil. Meaning, in especially what we do, art and acting, and it's so, it's so selfless, but it's also so full of, of who you are as a person. It's, it's this constant like yin and yang syndrome, and it's like there's, there's a constant imbalance. And I would say to someone who suffers with that is... You got to find a way, you got to find a way to stop thinking like that because if you don't, you'll never succeed. So do you want to succeed? If the answer is truly yes, if the answer is a hundred percent yes with passion and full of like heart and everything, then you will figure out a way to get out of it. But if you're like, well, do I really want to be a lawyer? Like, do I really want to be an actor? Do I really want to be a singer? If you have doubt then you clearly don't want to do it. So then find something that you can do that you excel at that you don't think, oh, I'm not good enough for this. Because at the end of the day, the world doesn't have time for you to doubt yourself because everyone else already doubts you. So why would you fall victim to everyone else's opinion about you when all you have at the end of the day is you? You got to be on your team. That's really all what it comes down to is if you're not on your own side, then you're fucked before you even start. Cool. That's what I would say. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I guess in the best way possible. <laughs> That's kind of how I think. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I have self-doubts. Like, how the hell am I ever going to do this? But then I always tell myself, figure it out. I tell myself, right. figure it out because you always do. And like, no, oh, I don't. You say that to me. Uh, yeah. Well, because you always do. You always figure it out. And like. Again, again, I don't succeed at everything that I do, but like in life, I work my hardest and it usually gets me to a place where I can then pivot into another direction towards my goals. And if I'm stuck from getting to point A to point B and I can't pivot, I always say, figure it out because you always do. So that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I say. But I'm also like clinically insane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So I just want to finish this off by um, asking you who is someone either like in your life or maybe someone that people can find on social media or something who has just had like, sorry, let me re-say that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, what? Who has had like a big impact on your life? Um, whether you just see them like daily and it's motivating or someone who inspired you at some point? Uh, definitely my dad. Um, my dad kind of taught me this way of thinking. Okay, guys, so follow Grant's dad on Instagram. <laughs> Don't follow my dad on Instagram. I'd say just, God, just, ugh. My dad, though, I mean, my, my, I love my parents and I was lucky enough to have amazing parents, but my, my dad really kind of, kicked me in the butt metaphorically into thinking this way into like living this way of life um you know he he always tells me that the difference between good and great is that much and i'm like i always think about that 
because if you want to be great, the difference is that much. Because for most, reference, he's holding up his fingers. Yeah, I'm to holding up like signify like, yeah, a very small yeah, amount. Yeah, small distance <laughs> of between my fingers. Um, and yeah, that's what I think about all the time. Like the difference between good is great is that much. So if you are already there in the moment doing the work, if you're here in New York City doing the work. Why not kick it up a notch and become great and keep, keep, keep doing that? And yeah, my dad just really kind of would always tell me that. Always, always, always the difference between good and great is that much. And I think about that all the time. So, I mean, yeah, my dad really taught me that. But also like, you know, just kind of becoming the person that I am, like the glass half full kind of guy. I'm always trying to like see the good and stuff because again, the bad is just so easy to see. I want to see what's hard to see. Yeah. So... But yeah, I guess for social media, um, Ariana Grande is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, just like staying involved. Like if you're obsessed with something like music or art or pottery or, you know, fitness, follow the awesome, follow the greats. Like Mm -hmm. look at the, look at the people who are successful. Look at the awesome people who have made it and not copy them, but like listen to them, learn from them, take what they have done and make your own version of that. And you know, look to them for inspiration and being like, well, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to become an amazing actor or an amazing YouTube star or an amazing singer, dancer or lawyer. I mean, they're they're. How do you think those people got to where they are? You know, you got to think about that stuff when it's when it seems impossible. You have to understand it's just not. Is there an actor that you follow who you could suggest other actors follow? Um. As far as like following, yeah, just like I, I don't know, like on Instagram or I feel like Instagram is like quote unquote such a toxic place. So like finding good people to follow, I love following Chris Pratt just because okay. he's really funny, but his story's awesome because mm-hmm. he was like, he was like a loser and like a nobody, and then landed one thing and got like huge, and like his work ethic is like awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I just I like that like success story of like you know kind of just making it when it seemed impossible to him you know it just it wasn't it wasn't impossible he just did it um yeah i really like him and of course zach efron i really like <laughs> zach efron <laughs> um, he's a great actor i just like i love the act i like i love a lot of actors but i'm just like whenever i look them up and like how did they make it and it's like well their mother was an actor or their dad was an actor and i'm like ah, oh, mm-hmm. damn it because then it's like well they were just kind of given it and I don't really know the whole story. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But to me in that moment, I'm like, oh, well, they got it, like, kind of handed to them. But, like, someone like Jack Nicholson who went through, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of auditions before he landed his first, like, tiny, tiny role in, mm-hmm. like, nothing. And, like, that's inspirational because yeah. it's, like, it seemed impossible to him. How many times do you think he had um, that syndrome or whatever that you were talking about? Mm-hmm. The, what was it called? Imposter syndrome. Yeah, that imposter syndrome. How many times did you think that he didn't think he was good enough, but he just kept going and he kept going and kept going and, you know, his work ethic was amazing and now look at him, you right. know? So that's that's kind of what I'm like. When I think it's impossible, just realize that it's not. So, but yeah, this has been great. Yeah, that, those were all my questions. So I did them all. I did them all. Next episode, I get to ask the questions. (laughs) Yeah, you don't get to hear me ramble for a whole hour and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, welcome to the show. Please, please give us your feedback. Um, If you like the show, please let us know. If you don't, let us know. I mean, we're, look, we're we're two people just figuring out life in New York City. But we kind of want to make 
everyone's life a little easier and inspire people to get up and get after it every single day, you know? Right. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Do you want to drop your Instagram in case people want to follow you? Um. Yeah, sure. I My, feel like most of the people who are listening to this right now probably already follow us, but yeah, whatever. They'll, they'll, there'll be more too. Grant doesn't know his Instagram handle. Oh, it's super easy. It's Grant underscore Vandervoort. And that's V-A-N-D-E-R-V-O-O-R-T. Not, Double O. Not Vandervoort. There's clearly an R there. <laughs> oh, God, never mind. <laughs> Um, I'm Jane K. Simmons on Instagram, just Jane Simmons on YouTube. Those are all my social medias. <laughs> That's it. And go check out her YouTube account because it's pretty dope. My channel. Yeah, her channel. <laughs> what am I? A fucking... Am I, am I a boomer? Go check out her YouTube account. Her page. <laughs> a boomer. Okay, boomer. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah. Get up. Get after today. Do something. Do something. <laughs> Jane, anything else to say? That was so dumb. All right, I'll cut that out. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. See you later. Are you going to say goodbye? Bye, guys. <laughs>